0: COVID, our great teacher. So the word that came up for me, the word came tolerance. Tolerance. Yeah, to me, it's um, not necessarily about the illness or the threat of the disease or anything like that. It has to do with the psychological effects that we're seeing with, with questions about how much people can tolerate.
1: Yeah, tolerance, tolerate, comes from the Latin for? Tolerare, to hear, to bear, to sustain, or to tolerate. Bear implies a, implies a limit. At some point, a system would break down if the, if the parameters got too strained. But tolerance is its is its ability to bear up under whatever those parameters are. Which, of course, goes to the psychological part of tolerant of other people, but also certainly in the case of COVID, there's a lot of angles to the word tolerate. Intolerance.
0: yeah i connect with the the engineering sense of the word and that you know certain s- substances have a certain tolerance and then a certain systems have a certain tolerance and i think that was what you were getting at a minute ago where there's only a certain number of variations that can be introduced into a certain system before it it can't make it anymore
1: right you can't carry them all along yeah well for instance um Body temperature, your body can tolerate a pretty wide swing of temperatures. Mm. And of course, after a certain point or below a certain number or above a certain number, then the system can't function under that level of heat or lack thereof. Uh But it goes through processes to try to tolerate even even in breakdown. Right. That's why when you lose enough body heat, your body simply goes to sleep because it just doesn't have enough heat to generate the working of the organs, so it slowly closes the organs down. However, <laughs> that of course can get to out of hand pretty quickly. Right. Or at the upper end, the body just start, simply starts giving up tissue.
0: So it's an adaptable system. It does everything it can to maintain
1: its operations. Right. So the tolerance implies adaptability. It's sort of almost like strength comes from adaptability in the case of tolerance. Yeah. Bearing up implies a strength, but that also implies that the strength is actually adapt- adaptability. Yeah.
0: I heard a story years ago. Maybe maybe Thane told the story. I don't know. But it had to do with the spider's thread, like this, the thread from a spider's web. Uh-huh. That it's actually stronger than steel because it stretches. You can't break it. It just keeps yeah. stretching. Whereas uh, the same same gauge of steel, if you had a steel thread of the same gauge, it would snap under the, under the stresses. Whereas the spider's thread, spider web, is elastic.
1: Yes. And, it, and it, it gives. It adapts. You're right. The steel, in terms of it could never get to the actual width of a spider's web and hold together. Would probably not get no closer than say, ten times more than the spider's web would a piece of steel or steel thread sort of hold up under even the weight of a spider. But the spider's thread itself, which interestingly is a product of its own body, and of course there's the idea that the spider's instinct to use the web a certain kind of way, because each of the each of the places where the spider anchors the web becomes a support for the whole web. And, and of course, creates that dazzlingly beautiful architecture of a dewy morning when you walk down the path. And if you're lucky, see the, the jeweled spider's web in front of you just before you walk into it. Because <laughs> you can feel how strong it is should you walk into it. <laughs>
0: right. right. Or, or better yet, if it's off on the side of the path.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. I lived in a little apartment off Pico at about 29th Street. Just, just at the edge of Santa Monica there on the east edge. And it was a little row of kind of bungalows along the front and then three garage apartments in back. And the sidewalk that ran between the bungalows and the fence on the side there was just like yeah. that. It had some shrubs and it had some taller trees and it had a lot of, you know, bushy kinds of places. And in the morning, at one, of the, one of the moist mornings, you'd go out and spider webs would be glinting beautifully in the morning sunlight.
0: Yeah.
1: And, of course, the dazzling array of engineering, as well as the the tolerance of the web itself, which was just remarkable.
0: Yeah, it is beautiful, isn't
1: it? Yeah. On the one hand, completely insubstantial. as, as though You wouldn't see it at all were it not for the dew drops, unless you were just in the right place at the right closeness. But although it was insubstantial in terms of appearance or size or weight, stronger than things, much heavier and much bigger, relatively speaking.
0: Yeah, it's invisible to the bugs too, isn't it? That's why they get caught Right.
1: And it can tolerate some pretty big bugs, of course, up to its limit. It probably gets up to where it's something bigger than the spider wants to deal with first place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tolerance. It's an interesting kind of strength.
0: So I think about the ways in which tolerance is challenged and the experience we have of being perfectly willing to tolerate things in one domain and then s- suddenly not being able to tolerate something,
1: you
0: know, it kind of randomly.
1: Yeah, it would, it isn't random, but it's sort. Of, you're right. It sort of seems random. Like you could be tolerant of, oh, what's a good example using some ethnicity? Say, say your Italian neighbor on one side of your house, you tolerate very well because of your own predisposition about your background and where you come from and all that. And then you're, the Native American family living on the other side of your house, you might not be tolerant of it all, even though they might be just as sterling a character as the as the Italians. And it seems like that doesn't seem to make any sense, and quite often doesn't. But the only thing you look for, then you look for, is a thing that breaks the web is rigidity. Uh-huh. In the spider's web it's the it's the flexibility that gives it its tolerance. It makes it strong. But as soon as it becomes Rigid, which it will do if it sits out in the sun and dries up and all the moisture goes out of it, then even a slight change in the breeze can knock the whole thing down. Uh-huh. So our rigidities are selective. Again, that's a, that's a matter of personal research about why, but yeah, but that's one difficulty that tolerance has: rigidity and point of view.
0: Yeah, I think also about people, you know, where you can have a vigorous conversation with somebody about something you know to topic x you know whatever it is sure and it's perfectly fine you have the conversation you don't agree but you talk a lot about it and then you get into a conversation with person y and you can't even get two sentences into the conversation before it doesn't work at all
1: ah yeah
0: and that and that i think of that and and then the kind of inner booby traps that we have that are responsible for that kind of thing
1: yeah, the triggers we live with, that once if one of those triggers is hit, then that tolerant conversation goes right out the window. I was having a conversation similar to what you're talking about with someone on the phone the other day, and it had to do with the vaccination. They were anti-vax, and I'm pro-vax. I mean, I'm not really pro or anti-vax, because to me and to anybody who's translating, it's just sense testimony, but you do the practical thing. So in that sense, I was pro-vax, and we had a pretty rousing discussion and although we've, there were a few places where I felt in myself a little bit of frustration with the other person, I'm sure they felt in themselves a little bit of frustration with me, but it was within limits. So we, we were we were tolerant. And the basic structure of our relationship was not disturbed. I mean, our friendship was not lost or anything like that, or even threatened or even harmed in any kind of way. It's just something where we disagreed, and we were partly because we've been friends for so long, I've been through so many arguments about so many social issues, but that's part of it, is just a a recognition, in in our case, throughout the argumentative discussion, not really argumentative argumentative in the sense of uh, syllogism as opposed to argumentative in the sense of emotion. But the recognition under and back of that was a friendship that was not touched by this conversation at all. So the tolerance was something that was sort of built in underneath the varied viewpoints that were being argued in the conversation.
0: In a sense, uh, it sounds like we're talking about a something that is created. I mean, the tolerance, in a way, is created uh, based on the bond that you have of the relationship with that person.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it it does not live, die, or or get harmed by whatever the the way that conversation went on that particular subject. Yeah. That was a, a particular place where we we're obviously working with a variety of information and different sources and different arguments and. Like you say, you know, you have one of those where you can just chew things over and chew things over, but you're still integral in terms of the relationship. There's a oneness there that is not divided. Division comes, we talked about the word rigidity, but division comes, I think, from some place where not that the basic integrity of the relationship has really been hurt, but rather it gets clouded uh. because I have a particular trigger about some particular thing like I can't believe anybody would expose other people to the virus kind of argument. And they might have a, an argument on their side of something equally as valid, but just as emotional, such as, why should I expose myself to people I've never met, blah, 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 by taking a vaccine I'm not even sure works, or whatever the, whatever the argument is. Yeah. That's not really the point of our discussion here. But if at some point an emotional moment clouds over the integrity of the relationship, then that can get hidden from me regarding regarding my friend or my friend regarding me. And there then the divisiveness sets in but when later on when we all go back home and the dust settles in a real friendship that's such a picky unish divisiveness the picky unish is very fragile Right. it's just it's just emotion it's not really knowing it's just right. emotion but when you know the integrity of the system and to the extent that you live move and have your being in that integrity your tolerances can be almost limitless or the potential of it is to be limitless and it may mean purposefully letting go of some rigid point about yourself or, or letting go of some rigid point in the system, such as if the water pressure is pressing against the valves too hard, you relieve the pressure. Right. But that's certainly part of the tolerance of the system is the consciousness that underlies it, which is you as the valve operator mm-hmm. or the underlying consciousness of the relationship that between you and your friend.
0: Yeah, if you e- extend this system out from just uh, you and your friend to, to the level or the place of consciousness itself, then uh, in terms of potentiality, then there there isn't any limit to tolerance. Right. Not only that, but you get away from tolerance altogether when you get into the place of oneness because tolerance by its implication of there's one thing that's tolerant of another thing or there's a system that is has limits, right? Or that it's that uh-huh. measurements. All of those things shift when you bring the viewpoint of of oneness or the viewpoint of uh, of the infinite to it, and so in potentiality anyway, there isn't any limit to the amount of tolerance available
1: really exactly exactly, not really. We just have to open our eyes a little further, our emotional eyes we have to loosen our rigidity we need to and everything that we can do in that regard reveals more and more of something that was actually always there that impl- that implicate infinite tolerance is really present all the time as soon as you let go of the dimensionality or the rigidity in your way of thinking or if it's re- if it's dimensionality in terms of a water valve you let consciousness take dominion of the water valve and do what it needs to do like loosen the damn thing but the water valve is just fine and its integrity is what it is also right and of course if you're wholly immersed in the in the uh, infinite potentiality then you get into the area where things that would seem magical otherwise really don't seem magical at all. You find yourself tolerant of things you wouldn't have been least bit tolerant of, not even a small bit before, because you understand them and how they relate to you and what you understand the oneness of them vis-a-vis yourself. And that's a compelling knowledge. It's just as compelling as I said to you, my friend William. We might get into a disagreement or even an argument about something. or I might say something foolish or you might say something foolish and we go through a real painful part of our relationship. But it would be petty compared to the strength of our relationship, which I've lived, moved, and had my being in for too long. It's, and it's way more compelling than any one of the disagreements we might have. Yeah. Personal example I know, but quite true.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah, I, I feel the same way.
1: It's hard to let go sometimes because and you think about tolerance being increased when you can let go of a rigidity, something that threatens its limits. And of course, that's scary because there's you have, to, you have to give up control in a way. So there's that sort of scary liminal step there of maybe it's walking next door to the neighbor on the left and starting the conversation in a whole new way yourself when you really don't want to, or well, maybe not, but it's it can, yeah. be a, it can be a tough step. There's no doubting that. It's not simple, this letting go part.
0: Yeah, that's why it really helps to be able to take a perspective other than just the one that we're conditioned to the one that says, okay, well, this is the way I want to live. And these people over here, really, I don't understand how they can live the way they do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We had neighbors when I was growing up. And interestingly, it was Italian neighbors. So kind of obverse is your your example. But
1: um,
0: (laughs) it drove my parents crazy because they were demonstrative Mediterranean people. And they talked in loud voices and they hugged each other and, you know, full-body contact kind of uh, (laughs) relationships. And in in our Irish community, that was like, oh, my God, how gauche. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Bunch of brawling gypsies, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what I'm saying, I guess, is that if you – Find yourself, and this is what we teach, of course, is finding the way to take a different perspective, to bring a different perspective so that those built-in rigidities can be, as you said, that those built-in rigidities can be softened up and deconstructed, maybe. And then you find out that the people that you thought were crazy and obnoxious are
1: really just fun-loving people. Exactly, exactly, exactly. As soon as you create the conditions where you get a little bit more tolerant, you're rewarded with what you discover. Invariably, it's a matter of that softening, doing the work you need to do on on your own rigidity to create the possibility of a breakthrough. And once there's a breakthrough into that underlying oneness between you and the other, there's really no going back from that. You might have to do the whole thing again with the next guy, depending on what 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 your rigidity is about him or her or them. But you, but it's not going to be the same rigidity, because once you get a glimpse of that, which is the reality of it, it just does not have the strength that it used to have.
0: Yeah, quite right. And
1: it's, and it's compelling. It's compellingly attractive at that point, too. Like, oh, I didn't realize this. Yeah. That's why more Americans ought to travel abroad. Condé Nast did a survey, what was it, a long time ago now, 10, 15 years. But at the time, only one in seven Americans had ever traveled outside of the 48 states.
0: Whoa.
1: One in seven. And as far as one uh, those who went to Europe, I think it was much one in 35 or something like that. I'm sure that number is not that high now, but I know that I traveled to Europe late for the first time in my life. I was 42 the first time I went to Europe. Yeah. And uh, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> Here's what societies who've been living together for three, four thousand years. This is how they operate. Bumpkin from the U.S. It's only been a group of immigrants itself for about 200 years. <laughs> uh-huh remarkable families walking arm in arm men and women men and men women and women no no more gay than you or i but walking down the streets together in the evening in rome looking at the sunset chatting
0: yeah
1: public restaurants i mean public restrooms in the middle of the square men and women walking into them walking back out <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it all seemed so natural i mean it was Just to experience it the first time, suddenly things inside of me just let go, and I didn't even realize I was carrying them. I thought, my guy's a better education than anything I got in in 25 years of school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is an eye-opener.
1: Yeah. Taking a trip to France will teach you a whole lot about tolerance. And that's not to say that everybody in France is perfect. They have their own issues of tolerance with things on their side of the pond, but there's something that comes from living a few thousand years in each other's presence that There are certain things about human relationships that you just don't have to carry around anymore that aren't real. Yeah, yeah. And We need to be more tolerant of our ability to understand that, really, and stick our necks out from time to time. When we feel rigid, when we feel ourselves pull in, when we feel ourselves walk to the other side of the street because that guy coming down this side of the street is a different color than I am or different nationality or ethnicity, dressed differently than I would dress, that sort of thing. Yeah, And those those are maybe a lot of extreme examples, but I think it applies right down to the conversation with your best friend or with the new family that moved in next door that you don't even know how to speak their language. And I think it's to recognize instead of having a fear, you actually have a strength and you need to be tolerant of yourself to explore that strength. It's in
0: disguise.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it is. Which is why we call it releasing the hidden splendor. That's exactly right. There's something beneath that
1: disguise is something pretty cool. And there's no end to it, as you know, from doing an RHS on the same memory again and again and again and again. The treasure, the splendor is infinite. Yeah. It's just remarkable. But enough about my grandstanding here and speech, speechifying here during our COVID's Word conversation. <laughs> tolerant, tolerant is a good word, my friend.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good thing to chew on and um, and especially to understand how it can be moved from something that talks about limits to something that transcends limits. So, right, if, if you, you get the right perspective on it. Yep, exactly, exactly.